HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to Heritage Radio Network on tour. We are broadcasting live from Charleston Wine and Food, Charleston, South Carolina. We're on Saturday, day two. Going well so far. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler. I'm the executive director of HRN. My co-host is Hannah Forden. She's our membership coordinator. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you. It's my first time in Charleston. Woo-woo! It's been great so far. Definitely better than the Nor'easter. I know. Isn't this lucky? Yeah, sorry, New York. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, not sorry. We're never coming back. Yeah. Um, sure. Um, and uh, we're here today with our favorite, favorite Charlotte bartenders. Um, you guys, I'm so happy to be sitting back down with you under this teepee in beautiful Charleston. Colleen, we're going to start with you. Colleen Hughes is a wearer of many hats. She's the head mixologist at Haberdish and also a cocktail creator for a number of other places in Charlotte, Crepe Cellar, Sea Level, Growler's Poorhouse. She's VP of the USBG Charlotte chapter. She is the 2016 Mixologist of the Year in Charlotte, all-around all-star. She's one of the most innovative mixologists in the region, and um, we had the pleasure of speaking in Charlotte at a Haverdish. Thank you, Colleen, for coming on. Thank you. You're making me sound way cooler than I am. No, you are so cool. Seriously, I didn't even begin to scratch the surface of your coolness. We are so (laughs) glad to be sitting here with you. Um, And then our other guest to my right is Bob Peters, head mixologist of the Punch Room in Charlotte, Um, actually a Charlotte native. And um, Bob is one of the most special bartenders that we have had the pleasure of hanging out with. He's so special, but in like the nice hallway. We first met actually this time last year in Charleston in the TP, which was just uh, a little bit behind me last year. One year ago today. One year ago. It's our anniversary. It is our anniversary. I got you something. <gasps> What'd you get me? Some vodka. Yes! That's what, all uh, a girl sh- wants. Should we... We might as well, like, kick it off, right? Yeah, right. Here um, we go. Well, Bob and Colleen, thank Cheers. you for being with us. <laughs> Cheers, <Hannah. laughs> Happy <laughs> anniversary, you guys. Happy anniversary. Cheers. So, um, Bob... You were head mixologist at the Punch Room, which is located in the Ritz-Carlton yep. in Charlotte. Up on the 15th floor, that's right. All the way up there on the tippy-tippy top. Tip-top. And uh, we also got to hang with you last year for Kat's birthday, which was so much fun. You made us beautiful drinks. That yeah, was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, Kat, best birthday ever? Thank you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Kat just said thank you, Bob. Best birthday ever for uh-huh. our listeners. Uh-huh. 
Um, okay, so let's start with um, what are you guys doing with the festival this weekend? I know you have some kind of crazy busy schedules. Tell us about what your weekend plans are looking like and what are some of the events you've got under your belts. Um, so I'm here representing the festival as top 40 for uh, Charleston Wine and Food, which is they, they pull 40 food and bev people <laughs> and, uh, and promote them. And so I'm here as a part of the festival. And then our beautiful city of Charlotte, North Carolina, has a huge presence here with our Charlotte's Got a Lot um, booth. And we're really trying to promote the city of Charlotte. So we're also here repping our town, which I'm super down to do, which is awesome. So I've done, uh, I did an event yesterday, uh, which was Food and Focus, which is an amazing, how to, how to photograph food and drink well. Cool. Tonight I'm working. It's not easy. It's not. But they had this incredible photographer. It was awesome. And uh, tonight I'm working in the North Charleston Night Bazaar. I think Bob, right. yep. yeah, Bob's doing that as well. Awesome. And then um, tomorrow I'm doing Kings on Queens Drag Brunch. <gasps> I'm going to be there, and I've been excited about this for, like, maybe two months. I'm super jazzed. uh, So I'm working that, and then I'm the last man standing at our Charlotte's Got a Lot booth. I'll uh, I'll be finishing up the festival with Charlotte, and I'm super excited about it. Awesome. And repping Doc Porter's Vodka, which is our, or Doc Porter's Gin, excuse me, which is an amazing local Charlotte distillery. Uh, Well, we're very glad to be neighbors with you as the festival is wrapping up. I'm sure we will be paying you a couple little visits Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to uh, keep our energy up as we continue into our 15th hour of live broadcasting. (laughs) Um, The Bedlam Vodka is going to help. Oh, my God. Bedlam Vodka, you guys. Shout out to Bedlam. Thank you so much. They have been hooking us up. You know, when we're here. Southern hospitality. We're here, you know, we're in the middle of a wine and food festival. But for those of us who are working, it is not that easy to get wine and food because we actually have to stay here. So we are really lucky that we've got some trays of Wisconsin cheese now that we're so happy and relieved to be eating. But, you know, we always, like, find our friends around the festival and we run over and we're like, please, please, please hook us up. We're starving. We're thirsty. So we'll be over over to you for sure. Um, well, tell us about your cocktail menus for the North Charleston uh, Night Bazaar. So for the Night Bazaar, uh, Charleston paired me with Toki, which is a Beam Suntory Japanese whiskey. And so I will be doing a, a sort of a Toki highball. Um, it'll have uh, San Pellegrino. I made a cold batch uh, citrus shrub of grapefruits, cardamom, blood orange tea, limes, cold batch that um, or like cold syrup to that um, and then um, mix that with toki a little bit of scrappies cardamom bitters a little bit of Regan's orange bitters and I'll be pouring it on draft out of a Randall so it'll be doing a secondary um, infusion through the Randall right before we serve it give it that extra pop of flavor wow and uh, so that should be exciting and batch for a thousand (laughs) gonna be awesome that infusion That's is something intense. that you do uh, at Haberdish a lot, right? Yeah, and I, I love I love when we get to use the Randall because it kind of saves me from having to garnish because you garnish to add that little pop of extra flavor. When it runs through the Randall, I don't have to worry about adding that extra little bit of fresh because it's going to run through it in the in the process. It's a it's usually used in beer to secondary infuse beer with a different flavor. So for oh. we use it for cocktails so that we can add that fresh, fresh, like citrus pop to it without having to actually add citrus to every glass. 
And is the Randall carbonating as it's dispensing as well, or no, is it already carbonated? No, we are. We're running it on CO2, uh-huh. uh, and so that's carbonating it, and then it goes through the Randall, which gives it a last bit of chill, and then uh, infuses it, and then it pours out of a tap. Cool. Yeah. High tech. Bob, what's your menu tonight? I uh, am am doing it. What I'm going to call an Asian bizarre cocktail. Bizarre with an I. Bizarre Asian. B A Z A A R. Bizarre. I got paired with Cathead Vodka, which I'm super excited about. I love those guys. Uh, so I'm doing Cathead Vodka, and then I'm going to make a shiso syrup, as well as uh, I'm going to sneak a little North Carolina product in there. I brought some uh, North Carolina apple cider. Uh, from Charlotte with me from uh, the Perilow Farms in Wilkes County. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm going to do some fresh shiso in there as well. And then a, dress, a little drizzle of sesame seed oil. Very cool. I know. So it, I'm super excited about that. Well, I want to know, Colleen, what did you learn about photographing food and drinks? What are your secrets? Because I'm sure all of our listeners, you know, have their Instagrams out and are ready to take notes. I think I learned, well, the one thing I learned was that you can't take a three-quarter angle with an, uh, a cell phone camera. And I never really thought about it before, but, like, if you're angling sort of sideways and down, it doesn't work that well. You kind of have to shoot straight on or right over the top. Um, which I thought was funny because I guess I noticed that before but never really put it together that sideways doesn't work as well. And then the other thing that I think I really took away from it was having extra negative space in your picture. Like you don't just have to have it be a picture of a drink. And then also giving it a sense of place, like trying to get a little bit of a window or a little bit of a chair or something something to kind of ground you to. You're in a place. It's not just your drink. I thought those were really fascinating points. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And, Bob, you are a champion Instagrammer. Um, tell us a little bit about how you take it's your cocktail photos. It's at Bob underscore Peters on Instagram, at Bob underscore Peters. Get your phones out. Yeah. Do it. Follow. <laughs> No, truly, you will not be sorry for this. Uh, but do you have any uh, advice for our cocktail photography amateurs? Uh, yeah, I think that um, a lot a lot of times people sort of mistake um, their business Instagram for personal Instagram. So mm-hmm. as much as I'm interested in <laughs> what you had for dinner the, uh, last night, um, sometimes I, th- I think that people can get a little bit more focused like hyper focused on on uh, cocktails and and what they're what they're doing um, mm-hmm. as far as business wise goes, uh, I like I, I love your cat, you know I love your cat, uh, but I, I may not really cat, like to see a picture you of your cat, cat when I'm actually looking on your Instagram to find something out about cocktails, you know. Uh huh. But uh, that being said, I do love cats. I do put my cats on my Instagram, but everybody <laughs> needs to know about Mr. Nibbles. He Mr. is amazing. <laughs> I'm there with no. you, Colleen. I uh, lose maybe two followers every time I post a picture of my cat, and I'm like, whatever. There's a cat right there. I didn't Look. like you anyway. Do you see it? I hear it. There's the cat. Where's the cat? It's around here. I think that's a baby at a, it's a kitten. wine festival. A sweet, sweet little kitten. Um, well, you guys seem to have some artistic differences about um, your Instagram strategies, but I think you're both doing a really great job, and uh, I think uh, stick to what you do best already. 
Um, well, Colleen is amazing, and I love her, and she <laughs> is crushing it. So whatever yeah. she's doing, regardless of what I ever say, is working really well. If you want to see pictures of Mr. Nibbles, you can go to at Colleen <laughs> at ch.cocktails. And I love Mr. Nibbles, too. I didn't mean to say that I didn't <laughs> right. love no, Mr. Nibbles. <laughs> All the love for Mr. Nibbles. So um, so, guys, I want to talk about Charlotte because um, Kat and I just went there. It was my first time down to the city, but it's really growing as a destination and really as a foodie destination that, um, you know, I think a, a lot of people might just be becoming aware of or might not be aware of yet. Um, what are some trends that you're seeing in the city, both in the cocktail scene and the dining scene, that are drawing in new folks to the area or maybe getting locals to come out more and eat and drink in their neighborhoods? I think uh, for for food-wise, I can't speak to it too, too much, but they built a Johnson & Wales in Charlotte maybe 10, 12 years ago, and so we are producing a lot more food talent. Yeah. Um, and I think that's definitely helped grow our, our city as far as, like, a, a, an eating town. Um, Drinks-wise, we are an extremely liquor-controlled state, and we are starting to be able to work better with our state government on sort of sidelining the ways in which we get liquor so we're able to procure more interesting stuff. Um, and it, it's, it's, that's a very new thing. Um, we come to a city like Charleston, you look at their back bars and you're like, I can't get three quarters of that. Now the ABC is finally really willing to work with us. Our state is willing to work with us and let us order more interesting product. Um, but I think as, as a whole, Charlotte's, uh, Charlotte's bartender is really beginning in the kitchen because we've been so uh, lacking in interesting product, and so we've all gotten really good at hand-making everything, hand-infusing mm -hmm. everything. And I'll totally agree with yeah, that. We have to totally touch every ingredient, and, and any drink that you want to create, we have to think, okay, how, how do we want this to taste, and now I have to figure out how to go in the kitchen and make that flavor profile happen. And so you really do see that the, the top Charlotte bartenders really are also cooks. Right. Uh, and I, I would love to add to that by saying that, um, that, that because we have such strict liquor laws, um, because it's so tough sometimes to get product, that, uh, that gives us constraints, right? Um, but out of constraints a lot of times comes creativity. Uh, so it's, it's a blessing and a curse, I think. Um, I, I, I would love to be able to have many, many things at my disposal at all times. But if I want something um, like really weird that I know is out there that I can't get easily, then then we tr like we'll kind of make it. You have to make it. And yeah. now the uh, with the advent of all the set of science equipment, I've really embraced like the more sciency end of creating flavors and you know using centrifuges and using infusing under pressure and doing all those things and it and it's really been great to have those extra tools to be able to um to pull off right. what we want to make technique Yay, science right technique is key right yeah. technique is key and that, mm -hmm. that that provides us with the ability to do things that we sh we don't normally have around us the the other side of that is that um our drinks aren't recreatable you can't i can't go to bob's bar you can't go to bob's bar and ask him for a drink i made and vice versa, because everything is made by hand by that person. Right. That's a great point. And so when you go to a bar in Charlotte, if we're making you something that's our own, it's our own. And nobody else is ever very, Right. Very, very unique. I agree. Yeah. That's that's awesome point. That's such a good point. And I think something that's a lot different 
from between Charlotte and say New York because we do have a lot of creative bartenders, but they have access to a lot of the same ingredients, and we've got you know amazing bars that are using uh, you know tons of different like Italian amari, and they're making amari cocktails. But you could you know conceivably get something similar because they do have these ingredients on hand, and I think what you guys are creating is so special. Um, and uh, so, kind of related to that note, um, Bob, obviously coming from the punch room, you are a, a pretty much a punch. Uh, I want to say specialist, but that's not a special enough <laughs> word for what you're doing. But Colleen, you also have created a bunch of large format drinks, and I wanted to talk to you about how the kind of large format um, drink option plays into beverage and drinking culture. Uh, so I, let me, if, if I can start, uh, I think that, that it's really interesting. Um, large format things are super interesting for many reasons. One, because the, the big challenge is to keep things under control, right? So if you go too far, too fast, too hard, you lose control and you wreck, right? So the, the, the interesting part of big batch cocktails is still keeping things perfect, you know, and, and I love the chase and the pursuit of perfection, knowing that I'll never achieve it, you know, but it's the chase that's so much fun, right? So uh, I like the idea of, of having a cocktail that may be five gallons, you know, but also having, like, it tastes the exact same way as it does if you make one that's three ounces. I think that's super cool and interesting, and... Uh, it's it, it also allows us to do things like serve quicker you know of course large large format cocktails and so if you have a couple of those on hand then I call those time cheats I call them time cheats because time is so important to us mm-hmm. that uh, a couple of seconds here and there adds up over the course of the night and that's where where we really do things um, right and so large format gives us challenges and it also gives us benefits yeah, I would definitely say it helps. We do all our punches on draft, which is super helpful, and it helps us really decompress our bars so that we can get weirder with our other stuff. Um, but also, it it kind of gives you that same like sense of sharing. You're sharing with somebody. You're ordering something for the group. You're going to communally enjoy it. It's like having a bottle of wine with dinner. It's like we're going to share this family style yeah, dinner. Family, we're enjoy family it dinner. Together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Oh, sure. I wanted to ask you, I hear, I know, Bob, you have some low and no alcohol options on your menu. I don't know about you, Colleen, but it seems like there's a really big movement for making flavorful, satisfying, low or no alcohol cocktails. So what's I, your take on that? I think, um, yeah, I think, as we sit here shooting vodka the whole time, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I definitely think that um, there is a big trend of mindfulness in drinking and recognizing that Really, it doesn't take a lot to get those benefits that you want from drinking. You don't have to be drunk to have that relaxed feeling, that uplifted feeling, that that I'm ready to embrace my evening. I think my favorite, um, like we have a we have a big aperitif section on our menu, and the best uh, quote I I got about that was, um, "If a happy hour ends your day, an aperitif opens your evening." So you look at a low gravity cocktail as getting ready to enjoy the rest of your day, not forget about what you did earlier. And I, and I really love <laughs> not that. Not erase idea. your memory. Not, yeah, and it is. It's just having something light, having something low in alcohol that just mm-hmm. helps you relax. And I try to lace sort of 
other ingredients in there that help lift the mood, lift the personality. Could be like, you know, thyme that helps relax or, or sage that's, that's a general like relaxant or things that help stimulate your, your overall feeling of well-being mm. without getting you housed. It's the aperitif as self-care. And I think the other side of that too is that there's a lot of people who really can't handle more than a glass or two of wine in an evening and so you're giving them a cocktail option. You're giving them, like, you can have this beautiful crafted cocktail and still be all right. Yeah, and, and another thing, like, when I come to your bar, I want to try everything. You know, and, and if we're doing, like, super boozy cocktails, like, you're I can die. do three or four, maybe, maybe. But, uh, you know, I want to try the rest of the stuff, you know? I want to see the super cool things that you're doing, so when... When I have a couple lows in there, a couple low alcohol contents, uh, then then I can sort of stretch out my evening and try several more drinks that she's done, you know? like And, and that, to me, is super important. I call the low alcohol content cocktails, I call them speed bumps. Uh-huh. I like yeah, that. Yeah, because you're not stopping, but you do have to slow down a little bit. I think, uh, for me, if I'm out... <laughs> hey! Awesome. Meow, meow, meow. David Tattashore, everyone. Uh, I'm a big uh, when I when I'm out and I'm out in a heavy drinking environment. I'll order a Pimm's cup, low alcohol. Mm-hmm. Everybody can make it, and it really just you're still drinking in theory, but not tons. Cheers! Well, cheers! Our last cheers. <laughs> and, and now we're gonna sip some straight vodka. Thank you, Bedlam. <laughs> it is wine oh. and food. I'm just it, it happens. I mean, <laughs> well, this is so much fun. I'm so so glad to have you guys here with us. Um, and as we are sort of, um, we're like at the midpoint of the festival, is there anything in Charleston that you um, want to make sure that people are heading out to, checking out any um, booths at the festival that you've been able to see so far? Yeah, the Where Charlotte, the Charlotte booth. Yeah, the Charlotte <laughs> booth. Charlotte, Charlotte has a massive presence in Charleston. We are really, Charlotte really wants to bring people to our city. 50 people a day move to Charlotte. That what? is a fact. And it has been like that for five years. Charlotte is growing. It's, it's exploding. It's exploding. And so Charlotte's really now is sort of reaching out and saying, hey, we're a national, we're an international city. Like, everybody's moving to Charles, Charlotte. Yep. Bob's a unicorn. Like, there are hardly any native <laughs> Charlotteans in it's, Charlotte. It's, it's crazy. And you know what? Like, uh, the, the culinary scene and the, the drink scene has just, uh, it's exploded. And... Eventually, we'll get to the point where everybody in the national media recognizes that. But at this point, we still get skipped over a little bit, um, and we're okay f- with that for now. Mm-hmm. That's what but, HRN but it's, is it's here for. It's inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. It's inevitable that people are going to sit up and recognize Charlotte, and that's you know that's one of the big things is that Charlotte does have a lot, and there's a lot of beautiful reasons why you should come to Charlotte and try our food and our drinks and, and uh, come and hang out with beautiful. our city. People don't realize how beautiful the city of Charlotte is. They made a, ro- a law that if you're going to build a fancy building, you have to put a public space and art in front of it. So when you walk through the streets of Charlotte, there's just tons of public art everywhere, and nobody really thinks about it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It is amazing. Charlotte's amazing. Cheers to Charlotte. Cheers, Cheers to Charlotte. Charlotte. Cheers to you guys. You guys are doing so much for the Cheers. city. Cheers. Cheers. And, um, Cheers. I'm so glad. With this interview, we've learned some amazing things from you guys about how 
Charlotte bartenders have to be super creative, how they have to be cooks in the kitchen, how Charlotte is really a destination. I can vouch for Charlotte as a foodie destination. And um, I think both of you are absolute trailblazers in the cocktail Thank industry. You. Thank you. And uh, I'm so, so glad to have you back on Heritage Radio Network. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Bob it's so Peters. Good to see you guys again. Thanks, Colleen. Bob Peters is the head mixologist at the Punch Room at the Ritz Carlton in Charlotte. Colleen Hughes is head mixologist at Haverdish. And uh, both of them are just absolute rock stars. Thanks, guys, for having us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Choo-choo-choo. I'm ready to book my ticket to Charlotte. I'm ready yeah, to go back go. anytime you want to go. It's a date. It's a date. We'll be there. You have to um, come. So you've been listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're on tour live from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. want to give a quick shout-out and huge thank you to our sponsors, Springer Mountain Farms Chicken, Big Green Egg, the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts, as well as Wisconsin Cheese, and, of course, the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. Thank you all for being here. We're going to take a very short break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. We're actually going to revive our broadcast over at the campfire on the other side of this barricade. We're going to have Eli Sussman chatting with Chef Edgar Penley from Nashville. It's going to be great, and there's going to be some awesome chicken. So uh, we'll be back in just a few, and thanks for tuning in. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, y'all.